Welcome back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me tonight, we got Mr. Rob Equist. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, we got Mr. Devin. Hey, everybody. How's it going? All righty, guys. So, this week, Devin proposed we watch a movie. We're going to talk a little bit about this movie. Uh, it's one that I hadn't seen until yesterday. It's the Marvel's The New Mutants movie. Uh, Now, I don't know about you guys. I went into viewing this movie with very low expectations, mainly because it it got terrible reviews from everything that I've read. Uh, Granted, this was closer to when it was in the theater, like new in the theater, I'll say. Um... So I don't know if any of the reviews have gotten better since then. But I know on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a whopping 33% on the tomato meter. Uh, although it got a 56% score on the audience meter, which is kind of on par with what it's it was rated on IMDb. Because IMDb gave it like the five 5.3 stars out of 10. So there, the audience and IMDb are both giving it like right around the midway point. As far I as I will say, I will say it probably should be. I would probably say it, the bad reviews at the beginning. I know for a fact it was getting not review bombed, but it was getting reviewed um, solely because, unfortunately, by a chunk of people, not a lot, but a chunk of people, enough people to make a difference early on. Um, we were reviewing it just because they were like, oh, you know, it's woke garbage. Marvel's just shoehorning, shoehorning, you know, an LGBT plot line for no reason and blah, 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 which I mean, it's wrong. Technically in the comics were those two in a relationship. No, they just had a really, really good friendship. Well, that's, but, I mean, I mean can, according to you Rob, you can interpret however you want. According to Rob, they were. Yeah. Well, from not, I mean, they were, they described them always as soulmates. They never exclusively yeah. said that they were dating. They never well, said they were like the dating because, like, and they both had their own partners throughout all that, but they were always just kind of like, you know, they were always just, you could, yeah, like soulmates is the best way I would describe it. What, however, you want to interpret that is, I guess, up you for interpretation. Remember, they made this from an old comic where. You weren't allowed to show children. Right. Oh, no, I, I I completely understand <laughs> that. I'm not completely were, that. I don't, I'm not mistaken. Like I'm trying to think clumsy. Um, because it's after having seen this, I will say it's it's my understanding that the plot of this particular movie. 
uh, timeline-wise, takes place after after or concurrent to the Logan movie mm-hmm. because of some of the flashbacks that they had of the Essex Corp or, or that, mm-hmm. that, that, that of Danny had of the ex- Essex Corp because those were scenes taken directly out of Logan. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is that timeline. It is. Um, but at the same time, they were also mentioning about the X-Men and possibly becoming X-Men and stuff. But at that, it, during the Logan timeline, the X-Men were all dead, essentially. Yeah, I think they it's supposed to be, at some point, kind of restarted. Okay. Because you have, if I'm not mistaken... Um, I mean, could the other possibility be that this took place timeline-wise before Logan... And she was just seeing into the future, but that does that wouldn't have made sense to me. Not at all. Supposed to be seeing into the doctor's into the doctor's thoughts. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this definitely would have taken place at least either concurrent to Logan or sometime after Logan. Yeah. I mean, so running through, like, I'm I'm not, not I'm not like a. I love X Men, but I'm not. I haven't read all the X Men comics over the years. Just running through like a quick scan of the history. They've never had, even recently, they haven't had like a on-panel, um, like confirmation of like actual relationship. But I mean, it's they've always just been described as having a deep friendship or being soulmates. Because I know they have they have like a psychic link, like um, in the comic books, like uh, uh, Danny Moonstar has a psychic link with Rain when she's in her when she's transformed, um, and they kind of can like feel each other. And it is, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? Like, well, it doesn't I mean, that's bother also, me either that's way. also partly due to the fact that Danny of her, yeah, her, her powers communicate with animals. Yeah, her powers. So. Yeah, her, yeah, her powers, her powers. But I mean, specifically, they have like an actual like link, like yeah. more so than just her, just that they have like a, a link. Yeah. But I mean, it it is like it is what it is. Like, it doesn't really like it's no reason to review Bomb it because again, like I said, in my opinion, like based on everything that's been in the past, like you could interpret that however you want. Right, like it it doesn't bother me. So I mean, unfortunately, it did have some of that. Like there were a couple of reviews on like IMDb and things like that early on. We were... Well, see, a uh, lot of the well, reviews well, that I have read was just a lot of this movie has the problems. Oh, don't get super wrong. Slow. And... This movie has this movie has problems for a variety of reasons. See, I um, I I, I didn't I, dislike it. I didn't I dislike it, but it's this is the thing. Um, the movie I was being I feel biased like... when I watched it, but yes. Why are you being biased? Because of the bear? Yeah. Of course. Dude, the bear was oh. dope. <laughs> he was. So Webby was reading for the bear at the end. He wanted him to call the kids. Got it. Well, I mean, um, I was... No, I... Like, okay, so I will say this. To be able to control the bear. Yeah, this I will movie, say this. This movie ultimately, I, I think, had a couple of problems, but they were kind of big problems. Well, before we dive into that, I will say this, because I just watched this again for the second time. I watched this today with Rob and Donnie. Um, and I was telling Donnie, you know, cause he was asking who the, who each person was. So I was going through and pretty much saying what, the, which mutant they were. And I was saying, you know, of all those powers, I would probably, I, I wouldn't mind having Wolfsbane's powers, you know, just be essentially being a werewolf. Uh, I think that'd be kind of dope. And, yeah. you know, is she the most powerful out of those? No. 
No, it's magic. Um, <laughs> but and then I I told Donnie and, and and Rob I was like there is a caveat though, and I will tell you at the end of the movie. So the the caveat is when Danny essentially calms the bear and it disperses. I was like, this is my caveat. If she could control that bear or gain another bear like it, you know, similar to it that would fight for her, I would 100% take that power. I would want that power. Who wouldn't want a giant fucking shadow bear fucking fighting for them? That was, it was insane. I loved it. Um, I mean, she kind of can. I mean, because she she does have the ability to make, like, I guess, like, fear-based illusions that can hurt people. So, I mean, she could theoretically conjure up another bear. Well, they they made it where she can conjure your fears, but in reality... In reality, if I'm not mistaken, she's an actual. I think she's an empath, not just not just fear based. Um, and yeah, she can conjure up yeah. empathetic, like comp- she can do. She could only do dreams, but she could do any like her own dreams or other people's. Yeah, dreams. She, yeah. So mm-hmm. theoretically, she could theoretically conjure up that bear again, right? Along with any other thing else, because like I think it, I think in the comics now or at some point, like she's because I, I I know at one point she became a Valkyrie, yeah, or she was called Valkyrie and started training with the Valkyries, one of the two, yeah. Um. And like she, she went under a bunch of different like, aliases. She did. Now she uses like a psychic bow. So uh, okay, yeah. so let's get into the actual plot of the movie. Essentially, we start the movie with Danny being woken up on her reservation. She's a Cheyenne Indian, Cheyenne Native American, whatever the fuck. I gotta be politically correct. I gotta watch my mouth. Apparently, I'm on thin ice with the SU lawyers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so there's like, it's hectic. It's snowing. It's summertime. You hear growls. You hear things blowing up. They're running through the woods. She ends up hitting her head on a rock after her entire reservation gets decimated. She wakes up in a hospital or like a laboratory, I guess. Uh, And it's just her, the doctor, and what? One, two, three other kids. No, four other kids. Um, essentially, this is a facility for mutants who have done something and need to know more and, and, and were sent here to learn more about their powers. We find out, you know, they kind of allude in the beginning and make you think like, cause she talks about her superior. And if you, if you, once you're rehabilitated here or you're deemed safe, you can move on to possibly go and. Uh, go to this other institute uh, for mutants and blah 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 and it kind of at first alludes you to the fact that maybe they're talking about Xavier's Institute for Gifted Kids Um, not the case find out it's the Essex Corporation where they're pretty much just gathering up mutants and turning them into crazy killing machines Um, now I will say the movie was a little on the slow side as far as progression, but at the same time, after having watched it twice, I don't disagree with the pacing. I feel like they paced it very well. I feel like we got to know a little bit of the backstories for the characters, maybe not super in-depth, but we got a little bit from each character, and we got to see each character's power. 
Um, but so the mutants in this facility, we have Rain Sinclair, who is Wolfsbane, played by Macy Williams. Uh, Wolfsbane's essentially she's a Scottish werewolf. Um, and she is very religious. That's uh, really the only things I remember about her as a character. I mean, at this point, that's pretty. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they nailed the head on in the movie as far as that character. Uh, you also have uh, Ileana Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic, who is Colossus's younger sister, um, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who many of you will know if you were fans of The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. She is the main character in The Queen's Gambit. Um... Her powers, she's literally just, she's a sorceress. Um, she can manifest, like, armor and a sword uh, and forms of teleportation through a place that she essentially either tapped into or created by herself called Limbo. Um... Let's see. Who else we got? We had uh, Sam. I don't remember his last name in the movie. But he was Guthrie. Cannonball. So Gunth- yeah, Guthrie. Guthrie? Guthrie? Guthrie. Yeah, so uh, that was Cannonball. He was played by Charlie Heaton. Uh, Guthrie. Guthrie. There we go. Um, so Cannonball's power essentially is he can he can focus energy into at least in the early years, which I'm guessing was, you know, was the character in the movie based anyway, in early years, he could focus energy into his legs, uh, and then essentially explode and propel himself around like a rocket. Uh, hence the name cannonball. And in the comic books, he has an impenetrable shield that appears every time he does this, surrounds his upper body, which allows him to blast through things. He did not have this in the movie. See, so I... Bash and break in his arms and I, bash in his... Skull. I really thought that in the can- in the comics, Cannonball learned that ability. Like, I, I don't... Did he have that right from the get-go? I, I thought he did. See, I thought I thought in the early years, like in the early years, he didn't have that, and then he learned to kind of focus the energy around different Maybe. parts of his body, which caused the force field. Wear a helmet or something. I don't know. Um, I don't. When I started reading the comic books, he already had that ability. I will say it might be previous to that. Maybe he did not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so in the comics, he does... And I mean, even in the movie, it I will say... Maybe not as much, but he does have some form of... Not necessarily an invulnerability to damage, but he does have some form of protection, I feel, when he's doing this. Otherwise... He doesn't die when he... Yeah, he doesn't die when he hits the fucking <laughs> concrete when he's, you know, chained to that brick. Um, yeah, I mean, he has bruises and you know a banged up arm and stuff but he seems to heal relatively quickly from it and again he doesn't just instantly blow up his head when he hits something 
because uh, he does. Ro- it is a rocket. He is going from zero to a hundred in less than a second. Later know? in the movie, he literally rockets through people. Yes. Uh, so I do feel like in the movie they did try to have that maybe just not to the scale that he did later on in the comics because of it being a learned ability. Um, next we have, uh, Berto. Yeah. Um, Roberto, like, I don't remember his last name in the comics. Yeah. Um, who is Sunspot. He is, uh, I believe he was from Brazil. And essentially Sunspot just absorbs solar energy and he can manipulate solar energy. Uh, he, he literally turns into a solar flare, his whole body. He burns up and he can, I know he can punch things and cause small explosions I think later on in the comics he can shoot beams out of his hands. Uh, I want to say he can fly at some point, which we don't yeah. see. Later him on, do. the, yeah. Later on in the comics, he, he 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 can. Early on, he only could really use it to enhance his strength. Yeah. But later on in the comics, he can fly. He can. Later, he's like a weak Superman. Later on, yeah. Like um, you know, like a weak version of Superman later on. In the- um, and then the doctor is oh no, Danny, uh, Danny Moonstar. She yeah, is the most important part of Sunspot's abilities. Okay, <laughs> according to Rob, the most important part is when he goes Super Saiyan fucking Supernova, he burns all of his clothes off and becomes a hot naked dude. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Danny Moonstar is also known as Mirage. Oh, we didn't say this, but Ileana Rasputin is known as Magic. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, Danny Moonstar is known as Mirage. She does go by other aliases throughout the comics. I know her as Mirage. Moon Moonstar, Mirage. Uh, I, I think Valkyrie is one of her Valkyrie. names at some point. She got a lot of names. Um, but she is a Native American who can create illusions based off of fears and desires of other people. Um, Devin, maybe you know this. I know I had asked Rob earlier. Is she related to either Thunderbird or Warpath? Mm, and no, oh, listeners, so. I'm not saying this because she's Cheyenne or she's Native American, and I think all Native Americans are fucking related, okay? I'm I just don't believe curious. Uh, uh, so Danny Moonstar is played by Blue Hunt, the actress Blue Hunt. No, uh, oh, she was in the originals? What? We come up. The actress who played Danny was in the originals for six episodes. I do. Based on her acting in this, that's not the trailer. I just I don't remember her from it. That's all. What character did she play? Her role was the Hollow. Oh. Uh, okay. Wow, a major, uh, actually, kind of a major character. Do not remember her playing her. Yeah, 
don't. Me neither. Uh, I'm gonna Google this now. That was the hollow was the thing that was inside of fucking what's your name? Hope. Yeah, hope. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, there you go. And this her. Well, well, good to know. I thought she had better acting in this, in that, in this. I don't think her acting was. Ba- I don't think anybody's acting was bad in this. I thought. I thought her it was acting pretty good. bad in this. It just wasn't. It wasn't my opinion. Her acting in this person particularly good enough to really make me care about her as the lead. Okay. I do think, in terms of acting, in terms of acting and even development, even though she had less development out of all the characters that they did backstories for in this, the one I cared about the most that I felt was the most fleshed out, even without being that fleshed out was probably uh, Ilya. Yeah. Like, I cared about hers the most out of everybody. Like, Sam's was literally a, a flashback and a conversation. Um, Roberto's was a conversation. And and I'll get more into that later. Like, yeah, about... My, well, I'll get more back into that later about, like, how and why this movie did bother me at some point. The, okay. All that ties in. So I'll get back uh, to that. Yeah. The last person in this facility to talk about is the uh, Dr. Cecilia Reyes. Uh, She was um, the one doing the experiments and monitoring all the kids. Her, she is a mutant herself. uh, And her power is she can generate protective fields around things. Now, in the comic book, she was with the X-Men for a while. She, I'm pretty sure she was a black woman in the comic, and she could only put shields around herself, and she still felt the pain of whatever hit her. It just didn't do any damage, which kind of sucked. All of those things sound very accurate. Yep. Yep. Artistic license. I mean, you can't really be the, you can't really be the big bad movie. <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that she was even the big bad. She was. She wasn't, but I mean, she was, following she was. She was, but she was ultimately the antagonist at some point. Yeah, she was. She, I mean, she. Was, I guess you call her like the secondary antagonist. But we don't know. Like maybe she was being forced to do these things to these kids by the Essex Corp because the Essex Corp had her family held hostage. We don't know what's behind all this. Um, in any Is case. Uh, yeah. So I like at the end how her attitude was like, "Children, go back to your rooms." I was only trying to kill one of you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so essentially, you know, Danny, you know, the 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 plot goes: Danny mingles with some of these. We learn a little bit about each of the children, why they're there, who they hurt, because um, that's why they are here. Is that each one of them hurt somebody uh, in their lives? Which in the beginning you think is because they're like, oh, we're going to train you not to hurt people. But in reality, it's like, we want you to hurt more people. Right. You seem good at it. So that's why you're here. Um, I will say, uh, throughout the process of testing on Danny, we find that every time she's asleep or less lucid is when her power manifests and becomes stronger and other people start seeing nightmares and visions and things of that nature. Um, and then finally, 
they realize that Danny's potential is too powerful, and the Essex Corporation wants her put down, wants vital, you know, a couple of samples of her blood, but essentially to terminate her um, due to her being too dangerous to control. Uh, while being put under, uh, that's they they end up uh, Rain ends up rescuing her from being killed. And then they hunt down the doctor, and then the doctor puts bubbles around each of the children individually and starts, like, making them smaller and smaller and essentially causes Danny to go unconscious. Um, I think he's blocking the oxygen from getting in. Yeah. And that's when Danny, because she lost consciousness, loses control, I guess, and we see the snowstorm happening outside, and we learned from earlier that it brings the snow. And then all of the all of the uh, cameras go down, and then there's a perimeter breach. Next thing you know, a massive demon bear bites through the building and eats the doctor. And then all the kids end up essentially running from the bear, fighting the bear. We get to see a really cool scene with Ileana. Um, taking on the bear with Lockheed. Um, and then, uh, essentially, it, it, it's relatively quick, but each character does something against the demon bear. Cannonball, uh, cannons into his face, knocks out one of the teeth. Uh, Sunspot essentially just starts, like, batting, like, pews that are thrown at him off to the side and then, like, catches one and, like, hits the bear with it and then gets splattered and turned back into human form. Uh, and then as Rain, or Wolfsbane, is about to get eaten because she's, like, falling towards the bear's mouth. Uh, well, she tried to scratch his eyes out first, which is how she ended up by his face. Right. And then she, yeah, then she ended up on, like, the upper level of the church. Uh, and the bear was trying to eat her. Um, that's when Danny woke up from her from her dream thing. And essentially commanded the bear to stop. And then calmed the bear. And then essentially showed that she no longer was fearful of it. And that she had control. And the bear dissipated. And that's essentially where the movie ends. That you know the doctor's dead, so the barrier around the facility's gone, and all of these kids just start walking off, leaving the facility behind uh, together. Um. So I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Now let's go into Devin. What things about this movie did you not like? So, <clears throat> the biggest issues I had with this movie. Um, there's mainly four points, but they all kind of tie into, I guess, one major point, and it's, I guess, the way it ties into, like, I guess, the tone, the the, the tone and the genre of the movie, which make it, which leaves room for issues across the board, in my opinion. Okay. Um, first thing was the pacing, which you said you feel the pacing was fine. I feel the pacing was okay. However, I do looking at the pig movie as a whole and what they were trying to do with it, I do feel the pacing sucked because of the direction they decided to take the movie as opposed to if they just cut out that aspect of the movie, which I'll get to in a second, they could have made 
they could have probably paced it differently and we could have got more character development and more backstory, which maybe would have cared about these kids a little bit more because ultimately at the end of the day, that was the biggest issue I had with this is like I really didn't feel anything for any of these characters. Like the only one, like I said, though, at the end of the movie, the only one I kind of actually kind of like felt something a little bit for was probably Ileana. Um, even though her backstory was like, you know, you kind of didn't get the full picture, but it was enough for you to understand why she felt that way um, and why she was acting the way she was acting. And you f- I felt a little bit more for her than some of the other characters, but at the same time, all of them could have been developed, I think, a little bit more. Um, so that was it. The main issue I have this movie, if you look at the movie, this movie is listed as an action sci-fi horror movie. I have the issues with the horror movie part. Um, okay, so before you get into this, before you explain what your issues with it being a, classified as a horror movie is, I will say, Rob po- I had never seen a trailer before watching this movie. Rob posted the trailer in one of the Discord channels, and I watched the trailer yesterday, and I agreed with Rob. The trailer makes it seem like a horror movie. Well, that's what they were going for. They 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 based this movie, they used now, Nightmare on Elm Street as an idea for this movie of, oh, your fears are coming to life and trying to kill you. Right. Which is fine to a degree. But I feel like them also making it an action sci-fi movie being, you know, an X, it's an X-Men movie effectively, but not really. Right. An action sci-fi movie, but also going the horror route. I feel like they didn't lean into either one of those too hard. Are hard enough to make it where it really shined in either area. Well, I felt it, like if it, they it, went full on horror movie and like if they made this like a horror movie, except the people are, you know, the the people in the horror movie are just, you know, kids or you know, future X Men air quotes or kids with powers in the X Men world dealing with this in the you know, and it was more of a slower burn of finding out well why are why is this happening. You know, why are these nightmares coming to life? There's more things happening. Not just like every character gets one nightmarish interaction scene, and then that's kind of it. And so I felt like that would have been better that way, or it would have been better just not having that aspect at all, and just having it where, like, okay, yeah, like stuff's happening around the place because of her powers being obviously being, you know, being dream or nightmare influenced. So it still would have had a little bit of that, but I wouldn't have leaned into into that horror aspect so hard because I found they were doing a lot of like the horror tropes in this movie. But like for those, like for instance, like the scene when uh, when he when uh, he's in the pool and like she disappears and then he feels the hand in his back and he's like, Haha, you, you know, funny, stop playing. He turns around and it's like his dead girlfriend and he freaks out. Like super horror movie trope, he kind of jump scare for no reason. Um, but they didn't lean into it. It would have been almost better. Like if they were gonna lean into it, I would have shot that exact same scene, kept it focused on him. You saw like a normal hand come over his shoulder and like rest on his shoulder and he sees that or whatever and he, he he like puts his hand on like he puts his hand on like her hand and then turns around and then we get and then we get the jump scare of it being like the burnt body or something like that. That would have been a better lean into it on the horror side or get rid of it. I feel like because they were trying to do both and trying to shoot both at the same time, the movie ultimately suffered from a pacing and a tone issue because it was like a horror movie, but it was kind of an action movie, but it well, was kind of Okay, but to be fair as well, it being an X, uh, essentially an X Men, not an X Men movie, but it, it's it's an X it's an X Men. Uh, 
what do you call it? Like a franchise like that. It, it's, it's in it, the X-Men it, universe. It, it's yes, a movie it, set it, in the X-Men yes, universe. Yes. With that being said, I, I, I feel like it was horror enough for the audience that they were pulling for without being too scary that, you know, parents wouldn't want to bring their kids to go see it. I mean, but there's, so it's already PG 13. Like they couldn't, you know, kept it. There's other PG 13 horror movies that are good that are at least do the horror. Well, I, I get that, but that's the so thing. I, I'm just is, saying, is, I, is you're I, not going to, you're, you're not going to bring a 13 year old to go see nightmare on Elm street. At least I wouldn't. That's how I'm fucked. That's why I'm fucked up. Uh, but like a thirteen-year-old seeing like those smiling-faced guys with the masks and then pulling them off and stuff—that's probably creepy enough for a thirteen-year-old. You know, I agree. On average, I agree. To, so, I agree to a, to an extent. But to give you an idea of some other like really good PC, PG thirteen horror movies, A Quiet Place is a PG thirteen horror movie. Never seen it. Insidious. Insidious is never a PG thirteen horror movie. Lights Out is a PG thirteen horror never movie. Seen You've never seen it. Uh, the Ring is a PG thirteen horror movie. Okay, first off, The Ring should have been R and fuck that movie. And so was The Grudge, by the way. The Grudge is also... Now, The Grudge, fuck that movie even worse. Now, The Ring, I could sit there and say, okay, I watched The Ring all the way through up until the point at the very end where the bitch crawled out of the TV. I had to shut it off after that. I I was done. Nope. Fuck that. Fuck that bitch. To be fair, granted, this was back in 1982, but Poltergeist was rated PG. Um, Yeah, okay, that's that's based off its time, though. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's why I said... (laughs) That's why I gave that caveat before now, I said that. Okay? I, I will say, okay, now having watched this, I did tell Rob that the trailer made it seem a lot darker and scarier than it was. Right. And I feel like, and again, and like, they probably could have gotten away with just dropping the horror. And that's my tag point. Like, you could have played, they could have definitely played it more of a, a psychological horror because every kid in there was psychologically damaged. Yes. They could have played it more for a psychological horror aspect. As opposed to going for the jump scary horror aspect they went for. And I think it would have been better because we could have explored their backstory more through the psychological trauma and horror much better than the jump scare monster type horror that they were going that they wound up going with at scenes. Like, why was she in the, you know, she's like in the Catholic Church, like, you know, she's doing her confessions and then the fucking priest guy comes, you know, he, you know, or or she's in the shower and like the the obviously dead deformed priest guy comes in and start and starts branding her. Like, I think it would have been better had it been, you know, a more of a psychological based thing or like she's in there and then like the doors start opening and closing by themselves. Like why don't lean into the ghost or the haunted aspect of it. Cause even then they even lose it. Like, Oh, you know, you got us trapped in here with demons. You know, this place is haunted. I'm going to get out. Like that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't have been about them. It shouldn't have been about them being like, they built it up as them being trapped in an asylum or trapped in a place with, demons it should have been they're trapped they're in this they're trapped in this place but they're also trapped internally with their own demons internally and they have to deal with those that's what i feel like it should have been i got that aspect though i i felt watching this movie i felt like they were all struggling with their own demons i feel like that was touched upon and that was the ultimate end goal that we got but i feel like in between of like when the horror shit started and when it ended it became a it became this kind of jump scare monster chase movie for no real reason outside of them just giving them something to showcase their powers, which I just feel that part of the movie could have did better. They could have did that better. They could have changed it a little bit, 
they could have sort of kept the horror tag, but made it more psychological than just horror. Like they would have did better by, you I know, I don't know. I thought they did pretty well as far as. Well, I mean, you also don't like horror movies. That. You also like horror movies, which is fine. Like this isn't like I'm not judging this movie as a horror movie per se. I just feel like it really, it really didn't fit the genre of what I would call a horror movie for the like, like for for the aspect, right? Yeah. See, really I'm not I'm not genre. basing this off of what they considered or what they tagged the movie as. Right. No. No. I'm, no. 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 I'm, I'm saying I, yeah, I, I based all of my references, all like all of my I get that. thoughts on this being an X-Men movie of an X an X-Men franchised movie in the world, comparing it to ones like days of future past and then Logan, because right. you, you, you kind of have to compare it to Logan in, in, in an aspect because right. and I, it right, shows right. you the flashbacks from literally pulled from the Logan movie, but to give you, but to give you an idea, Logan, um, very much kind of the same thing, a character dealing with not only his, impending mortality but also dealing with just the mental baggage and shit he's dealt with over this whole time that's taken a weight on him and i feel like comparing it to logan i feel they did that better granted there was like three characters they really focused on for backstory in that as opposed to six in this right so but i feel like if they didn't lean so heavy into the horror aspect and just try to develop like the back i feel the backstories in themselves were traumatizing or air quotes horror-esque enough if you just focus on that like give me like a five minute backstory of like you know we have iliana who was a basically a child you know a, a russian child sex slave like that's horror that, that's horror by itself for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. you know give us more of that aspect give us that give us the fact you know like for instance basically roberto's story is rogue story in the beginning where you know she is you know she kissed her, you know, she yeah. had her first kiss and they fucking accidentally killed somebody. I will almost kill. I think well, she wanted to kill him. I don't know. She, yeah, she, him. she did not kill him, but you know, Roberto did it effectively the same thing, but like we should have gotten that flashback of not him in the pool. We should have got that say, flashback of him being happy. He's up there. You know, he's happy. You know, it's, you know, it's you know, his first time he's about to go all the way. And then he gets excited and literally just sets sets her on fire. Have him be taunted by that like night after night, and then I, just have him show him like I the days of what's going on with that kind of stuff, I, or like the fact of like his father, uh, Sam's father, like Sam killing an entire mine of people. Have that shit taunt them multiple times in the movie, and just show the effect of what that does in them day to day. Like I feel like that would have been a better approach to the movie from I the horror get, aspect I, I can of understand it that. than I being mean, what it was. And again, I'm I'm more so. I guess I'm rating the movie lower in my. I have an issue with because I feel like it was good. It was a good movie and it had a good potential. It was just I feel like they squandered the potential by focusing on trying to be too many things at once, as opposed to just trying to be a couple things really good. I I feel like it could have just did it a little bit better. I understand. I I agree. I will agree with that. Uh, And like, could they have done things better? Yes. Am I going to deduct points because I feel like they could have done things better than they didn't? No, I'm not. Because to me, the movie overall was still entertaining. It checked the box for entertainment. It checked the box for replay value. Like I watched it two days in a row, and it was I, just I, as I entertaining. It, it was just as entertaining I, today as it was yesterday. Yeah, no, I absolutely watched it twice in a row. Um. I watched it yesterday, and then I watched like I, I basically watched twice. I watched like ninety minutes of it, or like ninety percent of it, 
um, day before yesterday, so, and then I watched the whole thing again. Like I do have certain check when I when I watch a movie, I have certain check boxes that I check off to determine how what I if I feel like it's a good movie or not. Um, now I do agree with like you know they could have done things to, like instead of showing us the one scene of Sam walking down the mine shaft, seeing his dad and then rocketing himself back into a washing machine and you know, whatever you could have still had that, but then also had him like every time he came out of a room and into a hallway or something, give him little flashbacks of, you know, that mining shaft and make him more hesitant to like, just even be in the hallway. Cause I mean, at that point, if you're that traumatized about what happened in a mine shaft and you know, it all happened because you were claustrophobic and stuff, have that character start getting claustrophobic in hallways because a hallway is just like a mining shaft. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And and there's a lot of changes you, that they yes, definitely could have done. I got you. To make it a little, bring the point across a little bit stronger. And, you know, for instance, like kind of the same thing. It, it, it should have been the horror aspect, should have been her when she falls asleep at night. It, she's making them relive, relive their dreams. Now, do you feel years every night? Do you feel like this movie would have been slightly better in your opinion if instead of it being an hour and a half long movie, which it's listed as, if they bumped it up to that two hour movie mark? And... I don't think it needs to be two hours. Um, but I it definitely if they if they focus more on character development side, um, instead of going, you know, like what I mentioned, doing it more like doing the horror more through through character development, I guess. Um, and gave it an extra like 15, 10, 15 minutes, I definitely think it would have been a well, more see, impactful Well, that, that was going to be my question, is if, if if they added more of these, a little bit more time to each character's background, backstory, and gave it the extra half hour, do you think it would have been a better movie? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I definitely agree say that if long as it wasn't edited. But I do, yeah, sure. Like, you know, given the, if it's the same quality of editing that it did in the movie here, uh, yeah, like because I do, like, I do I agree, think... especially with Roberto. The only thing we got was the fact that he said that he burnt his girlfriend, and then uh, burnt husks showed up in a pool. I do feel like we should have gotten the flashback of. I mean, same thing with him Sam doing that. Like same thing with Sam. Like he literally he, he shotgunned himself into a wall, and then he had, he he was holding a piece of coal. Like that's all we got. Well, <laughs> like, no, we saw it, Sam walk down the mine shaft, and then he. Well, no, I think we saw that, but we didn't see him rocketing himself out of the mine shaft, and then him looking back and seeing this mine shaft caved in. Right. As you have people like you know, reaching out for him, like yelling his name, like that would have been more crazy. Or him walking down the same mine shaft, but it's empty, and you have you know, it's like it's caving in. You have all these all these hands of all these dead miners reaching out and grabbing them. That would have been a more impactful right. thing. Where like every night or every night, you know, he falls asleep and he's reliving that every night and every night it gets progressively worse and worse and worse. And we just see every, and then basically use the nighttime when, when, when everybody's asleep to feel the horror or, you know, whenever, you know, whenever Danny's asleep, use that time to feel the horror and then use the time that they're awake to show the resulting actions of that. So use them, you know, during, you know, they're spaced out during the day. They're just emotionally drained. They're snapping at each other. They're, you know, all this, you know, because they're going through all this trauma again. You know, they start shutting down. And that would prompt the doctor more so to be like, well, we need to figure out what's going on, you know. And then, you know, the common denominator is, well, this all happened when she showed up. 
So now we're gonna die. We're gonna deep dive on her and see why is this happening now? Where you know all the kids are starting to shut down. You know, even my best students are starting to shut down. Why is this happening? And they start deep diving into it more and more and more and more and more. And they that's what they find out. Like, oh shit, you know, this is what this is what's happening. And you can even have more scenes where, like, throughout this whole time, show like show that strong bond with her and Rain throughout the whole time. Rain's been there right there with her. Like all the other kids, you know, snap at her and whatever, and start like slowly blaming her, saying, you know, this is your fault. You know. This didn't happen before you showed up, you know. And then, no matter what, Rain stuck with her the entire time. And then well, you see, find that's that the out. Thing is, I kind of liked that aspect of the fact that the other kids didn't they necessarily. Either, most of the kids were either indifferent or were yeah, overall I mean, helpful, well, which well, is fine. The they were all they, indifferent they were or overall helpful. The they only were inclusive one, yeah, of Danny, exactly. Except no, 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 for I don't, I'm not saying don't be inclusive. I'm just saying like. As the time goes on, like that's like the apex, that's the peak, right? You have these kids who have not had a good night's sleep in weeks, you know, make it up like weeks or months, however long they've been there. They have had a good night's sleep since she showed up because every night they're being tormented. And this, and you know, even during the day now, it's starting to happen during the day, and then start making the nightmares progressively more real. Where like they're they're starting to get hurt, like you know, then start bringing in that stuff, and then you know, you have like the kind of the whole like you have the whole. Even if you don't show them turning on her, you have the whole speech of like, with you know, with the doctor going, "Why do you care? She's the cause of all your pain. She she's doing this." And had that moment where everyone's kind of thinking, like you know, they all kind of look at her and they start, you know, they had like that moment of hesitation where they're thinking, like, "That's true. Like she is causing this." You know, the doctor tries to flip it back on her and say, like, "She's causing all your pain. Why are you trying to stop me?" And then throughout that whole, no matter what, like Rain's right there with her by her side, being like, "No." And then all you know, all the kids come together like no, like no, that's not what's happening. And then everything else could play out the way it was. I think I just think that would have been a more impactful movie on for multiple reasons. But um, I mean, this movie is not bad. Like I don't, I'm criticizing it, but I'm criticizing it because I like it. I think that's one of the things I like to at least try to do in like SU, right? Like maybe I'm wrong. Call me out about it if I'm not in the chat. You know, when you know, email whatever. But I, I do think like if a movie I like. I try to look and see how it could be better or how I could, you know, I, I tend to pick apart movies that, that I like more than movies I don't like. Um, just because I feel like there was something there. Like, I mean, you're not going to see me. I, I'll, you're not- I'll vouch for you. I do get the, like, just having this conversation with you and how much you have to say about the movie, I can tell it is a movie that you did enjoy. And you're just trying to express what could be different to make it more enjoyable. Right, right. So, like, uh, just kind of like, like when we did Life and After Death, you didn't really have a whole lot to say about the movie. I mean, what is there to say about Life After Death? <laughs> There's a lot. Same thing. I mean, I mean, Life same thing about like VFW. Aubrey Plaza is a saint. Okay. No, she was a saint in that other movie. That's also true. Statement. The little which was a nun. <laughs> yeah, but um, but like I mean, even like VFW, like when we talked about last time, like VFW, like it wasn't. It was not a good movie. It wasn't a great movie. Like I said, like I said, it's a movie you put on and you do other shit. It's a fine background movie. So, That's fine. You know, do I think this movie deserves a five? Uh, the 5.3 it has on IMDb? Absolutely not. Am I going to say this movie is like a, a nine or a ten in my book? Probably not. I think it, I would say, right. given what we got, I put it somewhere in like mid-seven. Alright. Do, do you have a, another bullet point of 
criticism towards the movie. Like, no, you, I think you I, I think I kind of points. I had four, and I think I kind of brought all of it up at one time because it was okay. like pacing the tone, the character development, and like the horror cliched aspects of everything right. being in there for no reason. Let's um, let's let's, yeah. let's jump over to Rob. Rob, you just finished watching the movie today with me, mm-hmm. and you have you know. A, a little bit of knowledge of, of you know some of the characters in the X-Men comics. I, I, I presume you've read X-Men comics you know, mm-hmm. when we were younger. Yeah. Uh, now, what did you think of the movie overall? And, you know, what things would you have changed? Did, did you have gripes with the movie? Uh, what are your thoughts in general? I liked it overall. Matilda yeah, like- is Fair. also not-, not happy about the demon bear. <laughs> Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I didn't have any problems with it until Devin started talking, and then I was like, hey, yeah, why didn't they do that? Hey, yeah, that would have been better. God damn it, Devin. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I agree with Devin. Like, it would have been better if they had, like, did that more of a, like, okay, because, like, I was thinking about it because Sunspot is the burning in the pool, and then she's, like, in the pool, she's like, it's okay, you won't burn me, and he just immediately touches her. And then two, when they're running from the bear, they're like, "You need to take, you need to take Danny and go." And he's like, he hesitates for half a second, and then they're like, "You won't burn her." I like, I would have brought that up again and him have him be like, "No, last time somebody said that, I burned them." So, but like, he just immediately grabs her and starts to run. It's like none of these things like really affected them, and it would have been better if it had. But previous to me thinking about it, I thought it was right, except that it clearly was not a horror movie. Which is what I was expecting from the previews. Both previews I saw made it look like a horror movie, right? And it's more just like a regular X Men action movie with now, monsters that they're fighting. Now, do you agree that if if they had tagged on an additional half hour to try to get some of these extra background things in and extra little concepts of of the paranoia and the the growing uh not the growing realism of these of these events of these nightmares but the growing uh urgency of these nightmares do you think the extra half hour would have would have benefited the movie probably yes okay so you, um, do you also feel like there was a pacing issue in the movie with, no. what, with what was shown? Not a pacing issue, no. But like, like I wish there was more like in depth of the backgrounds. But with what they've got, I thought it was all right. Okay. Like I wasn't like, oh my god, it's going too fast or it's going too slow. It's just like okay, right. But see, I think that's why I looked at it as. I think that's why I looked at it as I didn't have a pacing issue with what they did show because there you're you know essentially you're trying to get six different kids stories into one movie. Yeah. And you're trying to you know keep this movie at a reasonable length, you mm. know. But um, like like I said during the movie some of them weren't that interesting in the comics. The, their backgrounds weren't even like Sam never killed his parents. As I'm sure, oh, as far as I'm aware, his parents are even still alive today in the comics. Uh, uh, his family has really bad luck, if I'm not mistaken. But like, they're not. They're. They're. I think they're all alive. They just have really bad luck, if I remember correctly. 
It's on the. Yeah. And like I said, I know he also has a little sister with powers. She's in Generation X. She's her. She's Oh, in the comics, he was from Kentucky, Rob, not Kansas. Oh, really? I thought he was from Kansas. No, Sam Guthrie was born in Cumberland, Kentucky. That damn shifting accent. Yeah, Yeah. I asked. I asked Donnie. I was like, "Does everybody from Kentucky talk like this, Donnie?" Donnie's like, I've never heard that accident day in my life. He's like, he was like, this is a little bit insulting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, like, I, I don't understand why they like embrace act. Like, this is a, a shout out for all movies, right? If you have a, if you write an accent in your script for a character and you see the person can't hold the accent the whole time, just drop the accent. <laughs> People lose their accents all the time. Just drop the accent. It will ultimately end up better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, like you said, I mean, Sam, I mean, he, he worked his coal, according to, according to Wikipedia now, uh, Sam worked the coal mine that his father had worked before he died. His, his dad did die, just not due to Sam. Um, and he was trapped in a coal mine, a collapsing mine shaft, with a co-worker, and his power manifested, and he unconsciously rocketed him and the co-worker out of the mine shaft, saving both of them. Um, and that's really all they had to say about early on Cannonball. Other than that, uh, he was approached by a member of the Hellfire Club to attack the New Mutants, Um, and when he was ordered to kill the new mutants, Sam rebelled, uh, and assisted the new mutants. And then Xavier asked Sam to join the new mutants under the alias cannonball. So, uh... Yeah, I mean, that's all. That's pretty much early on Sam origin story. Uh, hey, but you know what? When you have a comic franchise that has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of characters, not all of them are going to have super compelling backstories. Because you know what? Not all superheroes are going to have a compelling backstory. Well, to be fair, Webby, I mean, I think a lot of the X-Men's backstory, in most cases... Um, you sh- shut your whore mouth. You watch what you say about my X-Men. We- no, 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 no. I, I like the X-Men. <laughs> we, we were talking about, earlier, we were talking about, um, we were talking about earlier, um, how, about D&D backstory before we started this, and I was like, uh, I'm sure one of, I was going to say before we started this, but I forgot, uh, one of probably my most, ha- the most hated things I do <laughs> in a backstory sometimes, which, I mean, I actually just, in generally like doing it. Some people... DMs may not like it. Webby maybe one of the. I think sometimes one of those DMs, uh, where I will say my character doesn't have much of a backstory because this story is his backstory. Like this is his first notable thing happening. Um, this, you know, he's a he's a fresh baby face, right? Like, and I well, feel no. a lot of the X Men that is kind of their backstory. Like their that. backstory is them becoming X Men. Yeah, I get that, and I mean, so. From a D&D perspective, I, I don't remember who I was just having this conversation with. It was either Rob or Donnie, I feel. 
and it was it was recent. It was the last couple of days. I don't remember now. All my days are blurring together. Um, I, I think I smell burnt toast. Anyway, um, yeah. I was I was saying, you know, yes. Do I as a DM do I like my characters having a backstory? Yes. Do I want you to have this big elaborate backstory where you're like you're you're the hero, blah blah blah, of this big thing that happened? You know, bandits attacked your town and you protected everybody. No, because you're level three when you start, generally speaking. And That's so it's I, like, I always hate if you have epic this backstory backstories. where you're like, you're this big epic hero of your town. Like, I killed the like, giant when I was 10 years old. Well, that's cool. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to DM slap you the hell down because now you're not nearly that cool. So you're level yeah, three. That, Good luck with those kobolds suck, and right? hopefully they don't kill you. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's strange. And I mean, you're 100% right. You know, you could just literally have this podunk. I was a farmer until one day I picked up a pitchfork because this goddamn gargoyle and these vampires came. This and fucking this my fucking family. random door appeared in the middle of my town and led to a dungeon. And and, and I, I killed, don't know I what killed, happened. I, this guy I, kept asking me riddles. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. You are right. Yes. Uh, and like that's where your story begins is becoming an adventurer. You know, that to, to a lot of adventurers, that's, I mean, that's, that's the moment, that's the highlight. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's where it all kicks off. But like, as a DM, do I, I still want to know, you know, when I ask for a backstory, it's mainly give me some relationships in your life before you chose this adventuring life. So I have stuff to throw in front of you later on. You I know? wasn't working. Every, and that's why I everybody always died. chooses that. Everyone I ever loved is dead. It's like okay, that it's not okay. Okay, I do not do that very frequently. Lots of people you, do though. But no, and I'm saying like, but I sometimes, sometimes, done. sometimes ever. you give me shit about my backstories. Like, I, Webby, I'm Webby not stating Webby, Webby, as a DM. Webby I'm not was feeling a certain type of way of about a recent backstory I written because it wasn't one of his games. He was like, oh, oh, I see how it is. That's true. That's true. Yes, I 100% agree. I felt slighted that you put... I felt like you put a lot more thought and effort into the backstory of that game that I was not DMing than you have for any backstory you've ever given me for my games. But I know you as a player have put a lot of thought into your characters. You've just never put thought to paper for me. True. That was that was where I felt slighted. That's that's where that's where I usually come in. But okay, no, I, you're wrong. The most the most backstory I've ever given you for a character is Roy. I wrote a fucking forty five, but no, it was like an eight page questionnaire with like three hundred questions. Yeah, you essentially you essentially yes, you essentially sat down and you just wrote. You had a, a questionnaire that you filled out as Roy, but a questionnaire. I wrote a. I kind of wrote like I was gonna write originally like write like like an actual like book, but I kind of very quickly abandoned that because I was like I'm not gonna have any free time to do that. Right, but I'm gonna, saying my original intention was like, gonna write a book for Roy's backstory. As far as like story of his backstory, like who his sire was, what he was as a ghoul, what he was as a mortal, like you know what his family was. Like we, oh, we've only talked about it. You have never put it to paper and given it to me in paper. I feel like that's not true. I do not have a file on my computer uh, that I feel says like that's Roy's not backstory. True. I feel like that's not true. I'm telling you 100% it is. I feel like that's You've not given true. me the questionnaire. 
that may have answered. No, no, don't, don't get me wrong. The questionnaire may have covered all of those various I'm topics. Going to Roy's folder right now. I feel like that is not true. I'm telling you right now, I don't have it in my vamp folder under you guys. So that's all I'm going to say. But I digress. Uh, but again, going back to the characters' backstories, you're right. Not every character is going to have a great backstory. You know, um, as far as any further characters that I DM for, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure DMs are sick of the Batman backstory. That's all I'm going to say. I'm an orphaned little rich boy. It's like, okay, that's cool. I'll just resurrect your parents as zombies and make you fight your parents as zombies. See ya. Wait, you don't have this? You don't have, you don't have this file? Probably not. If it's an actual written out thing, I don't have. I I've seen the questionnaire. That's all the thing I've seen from Roy. Huh. Also, yeah. on a on a side tangent slash note, DM wise, tell me as players if you disagree with me on this. A player who gives almost nothing as a backstory to a DM, me as a DM, I use that to have to draw you into further stories, to use as plot hooks, to try to keep you guys compelled. I try to tie in backstories. So if a character doesn't give a DM fucking jack all, then they're kind of putting their own right foot in a grave as far as, oh, well, what's my motivation for being here? That's not my job as a DM. Mm -hmm. It's your job as a player to find out why you're here. If your if your character doesn't know why the fuck you're in this party, then your character should probably leave the fucking party. Like, am I wrong in thinking that? Isn't that part I mean, of a backstory? Like, isn't that the whole reason of a backstory? Like, if I don't have uh, plot hooks to keep you compelled, it's not because I haven't tried. It's because you haven't given me anything that you're emotionally attached to to invest you into the story. I mean. I, this is how, this is how, this is what I'll say about that, right? Because I mean, I, I think I, I definitely have some. Um, this is what I would say about that. I would say this: I do believe that if you if you are the type of character or player that would requ- that requires your DM to like sync, you know, have like hooks that you know that gives you hooks to like so you can you're you're incapable of sinking your teeth into the story without something from the dm to like really you know what i mean like draw you in then i think that is on you right but like if you're the type of person who can let's say like find a random npc or a minotaur in the world and like give him a hat and then he's like then, the most important thing in your life right i mean which you have that's done. fine like if you're capable of doing that if you're capable of doing that as a player then i think it's okay if you don't necessarily go completely and like give a backstory it just really depends on your on your character that's fine if you latch on to an npc no, I'm saying, I'm saying it depends on you. If you're the kind of person who's like, well, I have nothing, I have nothing to invest in the story, so I'm going to sit on this call and shut up because he, Webby's not giving me anything to, Webby's not giving me anything to DM like to, for me to care about. If I, so if you as a player are incapable of caring about what's going on in the game because your DM hasn't given you anything per se, then I think it's on you to give your DM some plot hooks to give you right. 
But if you can fit there and find interest in the game without necessarily needing plot hooks, so like you find an NPC you like and you latch onto that NPC and you make the DM kind of, you force the DM to kind of inter- make that interaction. I think it's okay if you sit down and you don't maybe have like a backstory that's fleshed out with like five or six NPCs or five or six people or you know even three or two, however many people, right? You don't necessarily have to have that if you can find if you can find a connection in the game yourself. But I feel like if you're not capable of doing that, then you definitely need to do that because then you have no room to complain. If that makes sense. I think Rob understands what I'm saying. Rob, what were you going to say? I was going to say it depends on you as a person. Because, like, I can... Like, I prefer to have things in my backstory that the DM can latch onto. Like, I like it to be personalized to me. But I can also do it the other way around because Austin didn't ask me for a backstory in the slightest and just kind of threw me into the game. Like, okay, well, I'm like, well, what am I doing? Okay, I'm going to try. I have a ship. I'm going to try to repair it. That's kind of, like, the basis of my background, and that's it. But, like, I can still do that, like, be invested in the story. What am I doing to try to get the ship? I'm trying to find crew by interacting with the the NPCs to, to build up a crew. Like, I might have that mouse folk woman as part of my crew now. <laughs> but, like... Uh, but I prefer, like, if it's more, like, personal things that come up. Like, oh, my gosh, I wrote that like that's somebody that i knew and now they're a part of this big story like that's fun to me like oh okay they took this character and they made this so usually when i move a backstory i leave like a couple things open for for the dm to latch onto if he wants to and if he doesn't it's no big deal it's like okay well they didn't go with that that's fine whatever that could just not come up ever again no. uh but then but yeah i mean i think that there's always a way to like but if you're not doing a backstory in your own ways to be a part of the story like, if you don't give part of the story so that they can pull you in and you're also not trying, it's like, that's all on you. You're, you're like, also complaining trying. about it? That's yeah. on you. Okay, now, how, now, as a DM, what would you do with that player? I mean, I think if you, if you have faith in the player to be able to, 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 you know, to make their own connection that they want to make in the game, you just DM. You know, you just DM, you populate your world, you do as you do, and you, it's up to them. That's what we're saying. Like, if, if, if they're not capable of interjecting themselves into your world and making roots themselves, then, yeah, backstories need to happen, and or they just need to shut up. Like, it's that simple, right? Or they need to get out of the game. If they're just going to sit there and not contribute week after week, then they need to leave. But yeah. if... They're people who are capable of just latching on to something that they like in the world that they find or whatever. And, you know, like if you have a player, like a player that sits down with no backstory and they sit down and they find a town, they're like, hey, you know what? I kind of like this town that you're describing. I want to open up, I want to open up a, a noodle shop. A noodle shop here. Right. I want to open up a noodle shop here. And then you're like, well, you're like, you're like, what do I have to do with a noodle shop? Like, well, you need, you need license. How do I get license? You know, if they're willing to do that and they're willing, and then like from that point, yeah, now you have like, a route, you can start yeah. having issues with their cart or issues with their noodle shop. And, uh, and you have that. If they're not like, capable of doing one, that, and they're just going to sit there. For me and stuff, yeah. Right. Like you got to go, you have to go through the proper paperwork. You know, you have to buy land. You have to go through proper paperwork. You get all that stuff. You know, you need to show, or if you need a loan from the bank, you need to show them that you can run a business. <laughs> so you may have to go get like a, Go get a job as an apprentice at a noodle cart <laughs> before he can to show them that he knows how to make noodles. <laughs> you know, I mean. All right. So there's our next D and D session is going to be noodle cart simulator. I'm I'm okay with this. Like I already want to start. A but cart. I mean, it could I mean, also Anthony, be like, it doesn't have to be focused all on the business. Like you could be like, okay, 
you go to the town clerk and he's like, oh, I can get you a license, but I'm really busy because we're dealing with this dragon. And you're like, dragon, you say, I'll deal with the dragon. If you can put yeah, me in the front of the line, I'll deal with your dragon, you know, and whatever. Like, so if they're, if they're, you know, a player that's like that, that's willing to like do something like that. And it's kind of like outgoing. And then that gives you plot hooks and back and story to intertwine them into your world. Like, oh, hey, like they're over here doing something. And they're like, oh, hey, let's say I'm just going to throw out a town name, uh, like Brightfoot or whatever. So let's say they're. They're fucking carts, you know. They're fucking shops in Brightfoot. They're over. They're four towns over, and they find out. Oh, hey, Brightfoot's getting attacked. They may want to be like, "Well, oh, oh fuck, I need to go back. My fucking my noodle shop's under attack. <laughs> my, my <laughs> I need to go cart. back. Shit, <laughs> I need to go back." So then, you know, that gives some that gives some like you know that gives some shit in the group where they're like, "Well, we need to be here for this mission." You're like, "Well, I need to go back. Like, I'm not, you know, I need to go protect my shop." I need then to you go, get you, know, you get back to Bright like Brightford or whatever, and you find that the town has been burnt down, and you decide that your noodle cart is then going to be a traveling mobile noodle cart. Yep. You the 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 only thing left for your shop is just like the signboard, and you pick it up, and you just you find a wagon, and you just put the signboard in the wagon. And you're like, this is it, and then yep. you find out that it was like it was a really like um it was a really like out of shape bald ugly vampire that burnt the town down. <laughs> and and, uh, see, and next time you see him, he's being reprimanded. <laughs> you ra- you raise your fist to the sky. <laughs> And you raise your fist to the sky and you swear revenge, and that's how the tales of Nudicart Abraham Van Helsing um, <laughs> began. <laughs> and see that backstory writes itself through roleplay. Right. I get that. I was more so right. asking, what would you guys do as a DM? Essentially, if a player didn't want to bother giving you a backstory, didn't feel compelled to fucking interact with any of your NPCs, then you get them out of the ex- game, and, and then, then, just then they don't want to be there. Yeah, the only okay. thing you can try to do is set them up with a plot hook or two. Like, be like, oh, somebody gives you a mysterious letter. Like, make up your own thing. Okay, say, okay, so this guy's going to be this. But then if they don't latch on to those things, it's like, okay, well, I gave you, like, two tries to, to get you involved in the story. And you were like, meh. Right. So, meh. Either stay in or don't. At that point, <laughs> it becomes a question of you just asking the player, what do you want out of this game? Right. What do you want? Do you do you want are you, do you just care about the combat? Do you just want to be a combat bot? Like, is that what you care about? Do you care about the story at all? And then you know they're like, well, I just don't know what I want to do with my character. And then, you know, then maybe you can sit with them and like try to help them figure out what they want to do with their character. But if they're not willing to, if they're like, if they're just, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they've been they've played D and D before. Like, it's not like their first game. Like, I mean at that point it just kind of like well look i'll be honest with you you you're kind of holding the group back at this point like you know they everybody else is interacting and they have plot lines you i've thrown you a couple lines you you've always just kind of said okay and instead of having like the improv attitude of okay and you know you just kind of went okay like cool like all right you you know oh the the princess of this town has fallen in love with me i mean that's fine cool don't care. Like, if you're not gonna latch onto that and be like, "Well, okay, let's do it." Oh, you're a dragonborn. Oh, by the way, this town's super racist against dragonborns. You know, or yeah. the king is super racist against dragonborns. He would never approve of this of this marriage. You know, that kind of thing. Like, if you're not gonna like fall into that, you're just gonna go like, "All right, whatever." I mean, then you maybe you need to be like, "Look, I'll tell you what. This is more of a of of like an RP group." Um. 
if you want to if you want to tap out tap out that's fine i'll let you know if i'm running a group that's more combat focused i'll let you know right you know that kind of thing it is like tap out because that's how some people play role play some people don't really care about backstory they just want to murder hobo yeah and that's fine uh, yeah. like if, if that's how you play D, that's fine like you don't want a backstory you're just like I'm, I'm here i show up i kill things you you tell me what's the next thing i kill that's the next thing i kill like and you just and they just murder hobo murder hoboing murder hoboing is fine but if you're trying to play a story like a, if you're trying to play a D game with a story like having mur- a, a group of people who want to murder hobo or just like one person in a group of people who want to role play who wants to murder hobo Same. it's going it yeah. will cause friction they're basically like that meme I posted of the Scarlet Witch and, and Thanos where she's like, you took everything from me. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what the whole thing. I skipped all the cutscenes and the final boss is yelling at me. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. <laughs> or see, like, like, with my you know, style... like, they're trying to build a relation with the NPCs and then they, that guy just runs in Leroy Jenkins and just chops his head off. It's like, well. <laughs> yeah. All right. And see, like my DM style too, it, like I... Like I try, I try to appease both sides, but at the same time, like I generally, for whatever, however long the session is that I run for, I generally try to squeeze in one combat per session, uh, to to some degree, um, to appease the people who enjoy combat versus the people who enjoy roleplay. Um, and that being said, I mean, I I won't lie, I I get I, like with the role play portion of things, I try to like pause and let, you know, the players interact with each other, but it feels like sometimes like players don't know when is okay to start talking or if they should, you know what I mean? And like, I can't, I can't force people to interact with each other. So then, right. I just have right. to move. Then there's like that weird, awkward moment, and then I just move the story on. And I don't know. Well, yeah, like, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I, you can't force people to, like you said, you can't force people to interact. So you just kind of got to do what you can if people aren't, and you can choose how you, how you want to run the game. If you want to run the game where, like, if they don't bite this plot hook, then it just doesn't happen. Or if they don't bite on this plot hook, it still happens. And, later though that may become consequences right like i, I mean, mean we all know that that's i, I already know how you're gonna run it i already know i'm just yeah, saying like, i'm just giving like I, i'm just letting people know like that's how you handle those those, those two particular situations right right so you well, look at it and i mean that's kind of what has to be done but i mean i would say collectively for the most part in most of the groups that we most of the circles that we're in it's it becomes a situation of you know, yeah, like you said, you try to balance both sides, but I think I think on, on either end, on any given day, we're all fine if we have like a session or two in a row that's just RP or just combat. Like that's fine. Nobody's really upset. You know what I mean? Right. But there are some people who would like who can't handle a two session thing of RP. You know, or can't handle a two session thing of combat. They, they it will get boring to them. Right. I mean, which I will say, like, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, like two sessions of D and D combat can get a little boring occasionally um but it's not gonna like i'm it's i'm not gonna like lose interest you know what i mean right no i get by that. having like two or three sessions back to back where it's just nothing but combat like you know what what will quickly take me out of a D game the fastest thing in the world that'll take me out of a D game besides the skill check challenge um Chaos. is 
<laughs> chaos stuff. In chaos, um, is a just, I guess, an overburdens of, an overburdens of, I guess, the use of rules. That is the quickest thing that'll take me out. Um, and what I mean by that is just like, basically, you know, we're. You know, we're sitting here like Webby. Webby runs his games, and most people I know run their games in a situation of like, okay, if you're sitting in a room and you're trying to do something, like you're trying to construct something. Um, they, you know, like, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm building a bar. I'm fucking trying to build a bar, right? I I open my bar. I'm trying to repair this bar, build a bar. Like in most cases, it's just like, okay, it's a process. It'll take time. That's fine, right? But DMs are like every step of the way, like, oh, that's going to require you to make like five check rolls. You have to do it. Right. And then, oh, you fucked up. You broke the bar. Now it's going to take 10 rolls. Like, there's DMs that do that. Roll that just a perception make you... check to see where to hit the nails in. Now, roll yeah, shit like that. Like, that will that will take me out of a D&D yeah, game faster you. than anything. Yeah, like, yeah. an overuse of the rules, like, try to sit in this stool. Oh, you fucked up. You fell, you fell off the stool. Take one point of damage. I'm just going to be like, uh, you and, know what? I broke my neck. And actually. see, like, uh, <laughs> I, I like to try to add certain things t- that make it a little bit, maybe possibly more challenging for you guys and a bit more realistic. Like, I try to enact sometimes the sleeping in your armor thing. Uh, in D&D, the rules pretty much state that if you sleep in your armor, you will not get a good night's rest. Therefore, you will not get a rest. Uh, especially people in, like, plate armor. So if you're wearing, you know, if your paladin in your party sleeps in his plate armor, you're not getting a full night's rest. Period. You have to take off your armor. Uh, Essentially, when you make camp at night, everybody, you know, doffs their armor, which is why they have, you know, time frames for how long it takes to don your armor in case you get attacked in the middle of the night. Now, on occasion... If you're like deep in the heart of fucking Mordor and surrounded by like a million orcs and you know it, but you have to sleep, I, yeah, I might let you sleep with your armor. I might give you, you know, some sort of detriment to the next day. Like I might say, okay, you get all your hit points back, all your spell slots, but you gain a point of exhaustion because it was not a great night's sleep. You know, something similar to that. But at the same time, I don't sit there and keep track of like because I I assume that when you camp at night part of the camping process is mending your armor. So if you wear if you were wearing like leather armor and you got into a fight the day before, chances are you were hit with a sword a couple times, so that's going to slice your armor up. You spend that night pretty much mending your armor. I'm right. not going to make you replace your armor every time you get into a fight. Blah, blah, blah. It, it is right. assumed on my behalf that you are taking care of your stuff, sharpening right. your weapons, things like right. that. Right, and especially at like, at like a higher level, a higher level, I understand early levels, but like higher levels, like if you're like an archer, it's, you, it's kind of almost just assumed you have enough arrows, you would yeah. be smart enough to replenish your arrows, where, I mean, usually I don't even keep track of ammunition unless it's an upfront kind of game. I will tell people like, hey, I'm being super strict on kind of the stuff, so well, you need to keep track of your ammunition. I mean, especially early, guys... right? Early on, early on, like when it's actually it, you know, it be it could be technically become a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, or like collecting your arrows that can be used, right? Right. You know, things like that, stuff like that. Like 
usually it is kind of a hand wave. Now, if you've gone like, say we've gone like 10 sessions and we haven't seen even a town, that may come out of being like, hey, by the way, you know, it's time you need to see your, you know, you probably are running low on arrows. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, base by basis, go ahead, Rep. Well, no. Uh, I mean, finish your thought because this is completely different. But... Oh, you're fine. That's good. That's good. I, I'm good. Like, that was kind of what I, like, I mean. Was I, what I, I was going to say I do. None of you guys are archers that I'm aware of in the games that I'm starting to run for you guys on Saturdays. I, I mean, I am. Okay. Yet, I am. I will be using I, a hand crossbow. I, I do require you to keep track of your ammo. Right, but uh, I right. No, is, I get that. Like I mean, like source thing where it's literally just a checkbox. Just no, yeah, I know. I know, so, but I mean, I'm saying generally speaking, at like at like higher levels even most dms like when you go into a town it just kind of presumed you restock up on that because it's such an insignificant amount of money you know right it's just like you pass through a town you got some arrows like and they're just basic bolter basic arrows it's not so much like you can't find these arrows they're impossible to find right you know it's more if you so just have arrows like yeah with just me, like it's more so making sure you have the proper equipment to carry x amount and then just essentially keeping track of them. If right, if you, I mean, if you just, you know, the second if you want to tell me, oh, every time we go into a town, it's assumed that I get arrows. I'll tell you, okay, every time you go into a town, put your arrows back up to maximum, but take off a gold because a gold again is many arrows or whatever. Yeah, whatever uh, it is. It, yeah, it's one of those things yeah. where I do keep track of ammunition, especially right. at right. least in people who are like like your rangers people who are specifically archers because if that's your bread and butter and if that's what your character is really good at and if you're in a fight and you do run out of arrows all of a sudden well you got to figure out what you're going to do here uh so like i've had rangers in other games ask well can i can i start crafting my own arrows during travel time i said okay yeah they're not going to be great i might you know they might not fly the straightest. I'll have you do a craft roll to see if they're usable, essentially. And, I mean, that's just to get by, you know, until they do get to a town. Right, so. right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I was saying generally in most cases, like, if depending on, like, the DM you're with and what's going on in the town, like, if you're just in, like, a regular campaign, usually you're hitting, you know, usually you're not, you know, you're shooting one most people can, are holding, you know, one to two quivers, so you're looking at 20 to 40 arrows, give or take. Right, and you're shooting maybe a handful of arrows in a combat. Right, and presuming you recover some of those, usually, and usually right. it's treated in most cases, as long as you don't crit one, and, your arrow is recoverable. And see, the only reason I do require my players to keep track of their ammunition is because my world is not super populated. Right, right. Not every town or village will have a Fletcher. So right, but, and that know, makes sense, right? Yeah, that makes sense, and that's why I said like it depends on the in the world. But I'm saying in the most general of games, like yeah. in most cases, it's kind of just a hand wave. All but right. you know, if it's not, I let people know ahead of time. All but, right, Rob, you can go ahead and change the subject. What were you gonna say? Uh, act- well, actually, this is a perfect example of what I was gonna say. So <laughs> that's good. But what? Because all going all the way back to when you were like, okay, sometimes I hesitate, and then people don't role play. That was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was, like, one of the things is sometimes one, I'm, like, especially if it was a different person talking to an NPC, I don't want to step on their toes and be like, start talking, even though there's things I want to ask. So I kind of wait and see if they're going to say something first, and then sometimes people don't, or it goes on, and whatever. So it's like, whatever, it's fine. 
and then sometimes I'm not sure if, like, I'm thinking about what I want to say, and then other things happen, or other people start to talk. So that's one of the reasons why I hesitate when there's when there's spaces because I'm like, should I say something here? Or should I not? Yeah. But I another get that. thing is this this part, what I'm just talking about right now that just happened is people will sometimes talk, and even though I have something to say, like it was so long ago <laughs> that I'm like. I don't know if I should comment on that because the conversation has moved way past that point. But I don't want to interrupt or talk over people to be rude. So I'm like, should I still talk about that thing that we were talking about a long time ago or should I just let it go? Like for this, it's fine because, you know, I mean, I, even here I was like, should I still talk about that? That's why I have just the raised hand in the thing because I'm like, we're getting way far away and then we're not even going to remember what the hell I was talking about. But like when you're doing role play, like it's like I was going to say something there. But now like the conversation has moved so far beyond that. I don't know that I should bring it up again. So I'm like, it's like, should I say something? Should I not? Eh, I probably won't. So then it, it, there, whatever I was going to say, that's why I like there's a blank space because I'm like, I'm thinking about whether I should bring that back up again. And then I decide no. Well, so. see, <laughs> as, a, as a character, something that you could do too is if you remember, okay, well, you know, I did have something I wanted to ask or, or say, but the conversation has moved beyond that. It's been quite a while since we started talking about that. Then you know, the next time you make camp for the night or whatever, just mention it to the person or the group. Just be like, hey, earlier we were talking about such and such. I have this to say. Um, but my, my, my thing with, like, I don't like to force conversations on, and, on player characters, but, like, at the same time, I want to give the opportunity to have it. And yeah. I just feel like a lot of the times when I try to give the opportunity for player interaction, everybody just kind of clams up. And like, okay, for instance, with you guys in the last session when you guys were, were chained up in the room and then the orcs left and I said, okay, you know, you guys are alone, essentially. And then nobody really talked. I said, okay, well, after 10 or so minutes, the orc comes back. And then you were like, well, I, ha I had something I want to say. I was like, okay. Let's rewind then, you know, like I, I try to give that, that, that moment of silence for when people want to start talking and then I'll let the conversation go on until I feel like enough time has passed in game that, you know, if an orc were to come back every X amount of minutes, he's coming back. Um, yeah. Well, the, the issue with that was, I think, because you said you have like, they're gone. If you want to talk, you can but then people started trying to do things instead of talking. And then after they tried a few things, you were like, well, then after 10 minutes, and that's why I said, oh, I wanted this stuff, but because I, I was waiting for them to finish what they were doing. And then the second time, you didn't give us that pause. And that's why I was like, oh, well, I had something to say. That's what right. I was waiting for to finish what they were doing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's I mean why I'm I hoping. That. I, I wasn't like, well, I, mean, I, I was just like, I, I just wanted to say something. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. Like, always, always, always with me as a DM, just tell me, hey, I got something to say to so-and-so. You know, before or before this happens, can I? And then majority yeah. of the times I'll say, sure. Because, uh, I mean, especially with this group, you know, it's Kat's first time really playing into a D&D &D game. I get the sense that Donnie, you know, being, you know, new to having Kat around isn't going to RP as much early on uh, mm. until you guys get all get familiar with each other and comfortable around each other enough to, you know, do the role playing aspect of things. So, 
but right. Uh, I, it's one of those things where I like I I try to give opportunities, but I don't want to feel like I'm trying to force it on you guys either. So I try to make it natural, but then it's just like, okay, well, if, if nothing's happening, I guess I'll just progress time forward. And then I just I feel like I've wait like I'm I'm the one who wasted that time. Like, oh well, I could have just went forward with the story, progressed time, and then we could have, you know, you guys could have no, essentially I mean, gotten out of no, this work encampment well, an hour earlier, and then had well, more time to do different stuff. Webby, I'll say this right. I'll say this right. Um, I think the thing is right. It's harder too because we're playing over calls. Yeah, like, that's why yeah, you're you going to get have... more interruptions. You have to kind of allow for that because. Um, it just, you know, like, I know I'm really bad at like interrupting sometimes unintentionally or whatever. Um, I'm really bad at interrupting. And so one of the things like I, I usually try to do, like to go back to Rob's point from he made a little bit earlier is if I'm like, somebody's talking and I want to say something, I'll hold it. But if I see the conversation start to shift somewhere else, I'll say, you know, I'll jump in and just say, well, just real quick on what you said a minute ago, blah, 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 you know? And then try to just jump in and say something, but still try to keep it short enough where the person who was talking doesn't kind of forget what they were saying. Um, and try to shift it back. It doesn't always work, but it is what it is. But I mean, I, yeah, I definitely think that's you know that's just kind of the downside of not playing in person, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think playing in person, you're always going to be able to have you're gonna. It's a more natural thing. You kind of can see you kind of can see in somebody's face like they're thinking about something, or you see that they're looking through their notes. You can see that all that's happening. We should start playing like, with webcams. I so mean, I can I'm, watch all you motherfuckers. I'm fine with that. I don't care. Then every so often when we're playing and I'm watching all you guys and you guys are, you know, Rob's over there role playing with with Cat and Donnie. Devin can just hold up a little note that says "Love you, Webby." I'll be like, "Yeah." I was I was hoping that was his best as GM. He was like, "No, no." <laughs> you take forty six psychic damage. Ah, all you're going to see is like when other people are talking, us looking at our phones. You're going to be mad. I'm usually never looking at my phone. I'm I'm usually never looking at my phone when I'm on one of these calls. I'm usually on my other monitor doing. If I see Rob looking down, looking at his phone, I'm just going to text him. Get the fuck off your phone, Rob. I'm usually looking at my other monitor doing something on my other monitor. I'm looking at my dick. All right. Well. He's like, you want to see? You want to see? Elsbeth takes two points of unsoakable aggravated damage. Figure that one out. Uh, uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) That's just, that would be like almost the equivalent of taking like that con stat damage. Probably. Um, It's two levels of exhaustion. (laughs) I I need two seconds to fill dead air. Uh, Rob, we're filling dead air. Two seconds of filling dead air. See now, when he says "field dead air," oh, I, Rob, I have a question he for you. Just vanished and said nothing. Rob, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, what's your favorite system to build? Like, what's your favorite character creation in a system? Uh, what do you like? What like game? what system has like your favorite character creation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have to go with D and D still. D and D. Okay, I mean that's fair. I mean, oh, I think Vamp is a close second. I think. Yeah, yeah. Vamp is really like, I like Vamp, but I mean, their character creation is is kind of just not basic, but it's kind of you know it is what it is. Like, yeah. there's not a whole lot of like, it's not convoluted at all. But I think my favorite character creation is uh, is probably Aces and Eights, which is a game we I've never played on 
a call with anybody because it's super fucking complicated to play. But um, only because you can die in character creation. Oh boy. <laughs> what? Oh boy. I think you've mentioned this before. I have. It's a game called Aces and Eights. And you can, it's like, it's a Western, it's a combo Western game. And you can literally, like, basically, every time you, you can, like, add a bunch of, like, shit to your character. And so the more OP you make your character, um, the more you have to roll on this table. But then there's a higher chance of bad shit happening to you along the way. So, like, it's a balancing aspect of, like, you can push your character to be, like, you know, to get a bunch of extra like feats and abilities and stuff, and be just really power a, a stronger character. But that also comes with like you may be maimed, you may have a disease, you may just die <laughs> in character creation. Like you push it too far, it's like oh well, you 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 know you you got your hand cut off, and you unfortunately it was enough damage to kill you in character creation. It's like well, make a new character. <laughs> I was I, I was playing Watch Dogs yesterday, and Webby was watching me for a little bit. Some okay, of the characters in there, like you could be, you can like recruit anybody. But they all have, and they all have like different abilities and stuff. I came across two people that had doomed, which was random death, <laughs> random unpredictable death. I was like, what the fuck kind of power is that? <laughs> yeah, wasn't it like random spontaneous death? Yeah, random spontaneous death. That's what it said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> And then, like, Rob yeah. talked to him or something, and then so, like, set one of them free, and then he just died. It's like, Yeah, okay. I, I saved him, and then I was looking at him to see if I wanted to mark him as a possible recruit, and it said that. And I was like, nope. And then I was having a firefight with some of the, the security forces, and he ran right in between it. I shot him, and I'm like, well, I guess that was his random death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So There's another game that happens. Sorry to cut you off, Robert. There's another game that happens that you can do that in two, that you can die in character creation is Traveler. That's a game I've always wanted to play, but I've never... It's, it's kind of a daunting game. Um, but, yeah, because you at different points in the game, like you roll for stuff that happens to your character. So, like, you build your character, and you literally build your character from, like, the beginning to, like, there. So you can be building your character, and, like, you go for a roll, like, something that happens, like, an event that happened to your character a life event, you can get in prison for 20 years and that's going to like cut you like it'll take you off the path you, you were on originally. So like, they're like, Oh, I want to be like, um, I wanted to be a smuggler or whatever. Like, cause a traveler is about like uh, being in space. Right. Um, you're like, I want to be in like traveling through time and stuff. But it's like, I want to be a smuggler. Like, All right, cool. But you get arrested very early on. You spend 20 years in prison like now you get to go in the prison track of skills and learn prison skills, <laughs> but you're not learning smuggling skills. And then you come out, and then it's a, and then you pick up from there. But you also can like die, um, or like you can like you're like oh I want to be like a space marine. Like all right, you're a space marine now. Roll for your four year service. Like every four years you choose to go in. Like I'm gonna go for two, you know, two four year terms or whatever. So like eight years, you roll for every four year like four year chunk. So to like see what skills you learn what skill you know whatever right but one of the options is you can die <laughs> so you could just like well you died uh, okay uh, start over R- roll more stats <laughs> all right so to get us slightly on track because we're rob at... stepped away too. what rob stepped away okay is he be... where is he typing this stuff oh he's typing in the dumbass channel <laughs> Should be typing in the general chat. That's where I have usually clicked. Dumbass is usually just for Craig commands. Um, well, me and you can really we can we can start wrapping this up because we're we're past the hour and a half mark on this episode. We got on off we got off on a on a, a D tangent. We've had some short episodes um, this past few weeks. Uh, so the new mutants 
on a scale from 1 to 10, we'll do the IMDB rating version of it. Uh, so first and foremost, Devin, would you recommend to have other people watch this? And what would you rate this? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I actually already gave my rating earlier. Uh, but yeah, no, I actually yeah, I think would. you said around a 7? Yeah, I said it would be like, I would give it like a mid-7. So like, you know, he wanted to go like IMDB, like you can go like, I would give it like a 7, like a 7-3. Okay. Um, or something like that, you know, so a 73 out of 100, if you will, or a seven and a half, if you were going to go like in a half point system. But yeah, I mean, and uh, sure. I mean, sure. I definitely think it's worth a watch. I don't, I, I definitely think a lot of the reviews on there do it dirty. Um, you know, they're like, oh, it's pacing. It's this, but they don't really say like what the pacing issue was. Like, I think it, it has some pacing issues, but it had pacing issues just because of it was trying to do too many things. But it didn't do any of them badly. It just didn't do any of them particularly great. Right. Uh, you know, because of that. But overall, the movie was fine. Like, I was fine with the movie. Like, it kept me entertained the whole time I was watching it. Yeah. Both times I was watching it. So, I mean, for sure. Like, absolutely. If if you like, if you like, you know, X-Men movies, or you like superhero movies, you know, and you really like, I, I would say if you like superhero movies, but you really like, you really like, I would, I guess, like, raw superhero movies. Where like they're not really like full on superheroes, they're just kind of getting into their powers and kind of like learning the edges, you know what I mean? Like they're smoothing out those edges of their powers, if you will. Like I think this is a good movie, a totally fine movie. Like, you know, it's it's not the Avengers. Like you know like you you aren't putting this on, it's not the Avengers. But I mean, it's also not like Logan, it's not, you know. But I definitely think it's 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 if you're gonna like put it up in the line of, of X Men movies, it's better than X Men Origin Wolverine by far. Which one of the reviews on IMDb? You know what? I'm gonna find that review because that review pissed me off. Because this guy, I was like, bro, you don't, you don't even have good taste. Like you, <laughs> you don't even have good taste. You don't, you don't, you don't have the ability to rate this movie. Um. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I have a few reviews here. All right, here. I got the review. I found the review I was talking about, by the way. But you go ahead. All right. So this person said, worse than I expected. I went in with low expectations and yet still left disappointed. I'd like to say something positive, but I really can't think of anything right now. The plot, dialogue, characteristic, or characters, acting, cinematography, lighting, everything was just awful. I don't usually take notes of accents in movies. If the characterizations are fine, uh, then I usually just gloss over them. It says a lot that I even noticed how bad and inconsistent these were. The backstories were glossed over and only partially explored for the most part with glaring holes in most of them. The hospital setting was not set up, explained, or even logically consistent. If you don't know who's behind it with a certain name drop, then you won't get any answers here. The movie was just bad, bad and a waste of time, a waste of your time. Watch literally anything else. Go for a walk, play with your dog, live life. Don't watch this. Was one of the bad reviews on this. Uh, uh, I mean, the only thing I agree with is I never saw Logan, so I had no idea who those people were. And it's until you explained it to me. Right. So, yeah, I could see how somebody could be lost about who was behind it all, but yeah. does it really matter? That much? No, it doesn't, right? <laughs> it doesn't. Um, but let me read this beautiful. Okay, movie. go ahead. 
A two out of ten. One of the worst superhero movies ever. This guy has terrible taste. And he knows it in the first line. And what yeah, is I'm this one get regarding? Uh, this is, what do you mean? Which which movie is this review for? The New Mutants? The New Mutants. Okay. Uh, he says right in the first line that he, he knows that he has a terrible taste. Um, because he goes, yeah, I'm going to get downvoted for this, but I honestly believe this is the worst. This is worse than Suicide Squad. It's not. Um, oh, you're, this is, is from Danis, right? Yeah, from Danis. The acting is awful. Yep. The CGI looks bad. The characters are unlikable. Tons of plot holes, and the logic is all screwed up. I could go on all day, but I've, I've only seen the first X-Men movie, Origins Wolverine, which I need to rewatch, to be honest. Pause. Okay. Okay. If you feel like you need to rewatch <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine, there's something wrong with you in the head, and I think you <laughs> yes. need to be at this fucking institution being tested. Now, with that being said, I will state the beginning parts of X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's good. Spot it's good. on. First, first like 20 minutes. Spot Solid on. Movie. Like pretty also. much literally the origins of Wolverine. Yeah. Spot on all, from the graphic novel. It takes the hardest nosedive in the history of Exa- the world. Yeah. Hard. It takes a hard left into, <laughs> into a brick wall. Also, too. Also, too. The travesty that is this. X-Men Origin Wolverine has a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb compared to New Mutants with their 5. fucking 5.3. No. No. <laughs> I, I, 100%. I would watch the... How long is X-Men Wolverine? Okay. If I would watch the first, maybe first quarter to a half of X-Men's Wolver- Origins Wolverine again and then shut the movie off. I would be content with that half of the movie. Uh, but honestly, I would rather watch this movie again over that. I would watch this movie a thousand times. I would, I would almost, and almost I'm not Life After Beth. I would almost rewatch Life After Beth <gasps> before I would watch Action Origin Wolverine in its entirety. Almost, <laughs> and that's also saying something. Because <laughs> like, like Life After Beth is bad, but it's not offensive. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. Flat out offensive. Let me ask you this. If I forced you to pick A or B to sit down and watch two movies with me, okay, category A is The New Mutants and Life After Beth. Category B, X-Men uh, Wolverine Origins. Okay. And, and the Green Lantern. Oh, fuck that. No. <laughs> I will take the first one all day. Yes. Like, God, the Green Lantern is... But that, that's two bad movies, though. Aubrey Plaza's a saint. <laughs> you put two bad movies in the second column, though. Like, if you were like... If yeah, you were like, I was trying right. to compensate for how much you really dislike Life After Beth. <laughs> I don't, like... But, I mean, dude, that's, like, two bad movies, though. That, like, you put a bad movie, and then, like you know, a like an enjoyable movie and then you put two really bad movies. <laughs> like if you were like like honestly if you were like, all right, um Life After Beth and New Mutants or Extra Origin Wolverine and like I don't know. Uh let's pick a random movie off of a list here. Like, I will say uh, Hold on, 2020 have, movies. All right, 2020 have, movies. I have two more. I have two more really short bad reviews for this movie. Actually, you know what? No, 
I will tell you, I can tell you definitively a movie that 10 out of 10 times I will rewatch Life After Beth over rewatching this movie. I, I will, I, there is a movie that exists definitively that I can tell you that. And it is the Robert Downey Jr.'s Dr. Doolittle. Never seen it. That, that movie was ass. The, the polar, John Cena's The Polar Bear did not save that movie. That movie was ass. Never seen it. Yeah, John Cena voices um, The Polar Bear. Movie still ass. So real quick, this guy gave a zero out of ten. He said, however, to make this movie go up to a one or a two out of ten, take LSD because it increases the experience. Uh, here at SU, we do not recommend that you take LSD before watching movies. But if you know you're an adult, I mean, you, I mean, you, I mean, if you if you're an adult and you're sitting in front of your movie <laughs> in front of your TV, and it happens to be you know and a you bag eat, of mushrooms and you eat an M M&M, and M. What you think is an M M&M, and M, but it's a handful it's a mushroom? of mushrooms. That's, yeah. that's, that's go a, for it. Yeah. Uh, the go other, the other real quick review uh, is a one out of ten. It says would perhaps appeal to teenagers, but not to anyone with a discerning opinion. Inappropriate for young teens and too not really and too not, not really, for right. anyone over eighteen. Not, inappropriate for young <laughs> teens. Like what? What? I don't what. What's inappropriate for young teens? In this movie? I don't. I, I don't understand anything that's like, inappropriate for young teens in this movie. Like, like the literal, the, the literal fourth of a second of side boob. Oh it's yeah, rough. yeah, yeah. The shower scene. Yeah, you get that. The, little like the fourth of a second of side boob, and yeah. like the two, and like the two second kiss. You're probably talking about the scary monsters, guys. Not the. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, the scary monsters. Oh. Like <laughs> this guy gave a one out of ten. Rating, he said. See, this is why movies like these should not be PG thirteen. This should have been rated R. <laughs> what? For what though? For what <laughs> though? What? What would this movie have gained being R? You wanted yeah, to see I like understand. you want like I mean uh, okay. I guarantee it's because it had the lesbian kiss because <laughs> any type of gay stuff in a movie automatically the well no well no 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 I feel like he's saying I feel like what he's saying is. That why is this movie like these should not be PG thirteen? Is either that? Is either it's it's oh okay the, it is titled UG like so it's I'm assuming it's what Rob's thinking but it, that can go either way of like I'm really upset this movie like for instance like scary stories to tell in the dark good movie but it could have did I think it would have did a little bit better with an R rating but I mean it was for kids it was for a kid movie so I that's because it was a kid's book right I mean, I'm saying I understand why it's PG thirteen. But also at the same time, I, they also your audience aged with 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 the book. So I mean, to fair. Be fair. You could have you could have made it R rated. Like, it would have been like more impactful. See, but I yeah. read the I read these these reviews before I watched this movie, which is why I find these reviews hilarious now because I one hundred percent disagree with these guys' reviews. Like this guy, one out of ten makes Batman and Robin and Batman Forever okay, look stop, like a masterpiece. Stop. George Clooney had people? fake nipples. George Clooney had people? rubber nipples. No. No. Wor- worse not, than no, no, no. 2020. That's probably true. Well, I no, it's not true. Mulan 2020 is worse than this movie. Um, Mulan 2020 was terrible. Travesty of a movie for a variety of reasons that I'm not getting into right now. So this movie was better than Mulan. I spoke too soon. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Mulan 2020.
Anyway, <laughs> like there, so okay. See, hold on, seven, I guess, seven hold out of ten. Better on. than people are admitting. Hold True. on, my biggest gripe. It seems like almost every other review that I'm seeing is plot hole this, bad plot hole this, plot hole. But this. they're not explaining anything. Plot holes you could drive a truck through. No one is giving an example because I don't think they can find one. There's I, not. They're just, I don't they're think just, there's they're any. Just shitting plot on a movie. Holes. They're just shitting on a movie because two girls kissed. I, I honestly, I feel like that's what it is. I it is. like. I don't 100% feel. Yeah, I don't that's feel hundred percent what it is. Having knowing the characters from comic book source material, and even not knowing the characters, I, I don't feel like you could watch this movie, walk out, and be confused about the movie. Like, I like it. It they answered all the questions that were there. Like, oh, well, where did the dream, where did the demon bear come from? It was brought there by fucking Danny. You know, it's, it's her manifestation of fear and it's her, it's her, like her, her, her scary bear, right. you know, cause everybody has two bears inside of them. They, they that was the beginning yep. and the end. Yep. I mean, and, and that's always, that's been, you know, that's been a, you know, that's been a native American Right, legend for you, and like, right? like you said, could you, could they have added things to make the movie better? Sure, but I yes. do not feel yes. like there are any plot holes in this movie. There no, were no, under, no, there, there, were no there, there are no questions. plot holes. I think there are definitely spots in the plot that are thin and like glossed over, but there's a plot hole. Um, like this review here, this is a three out of ten. I feel it's a sensible review. It just means he, the person, this person didn't like the movie, but that's okay. Like so. They said this movie has been pushed a lot of times, and every time it got pushed, I'd be frustrated because I thought it looked different from the trailer. It looked different from the trailer, and it take a different approach to the X Men series. They're like, yeah, it did, but not in the way I was expecting. I found the movie in the beginning to be quite boring. The first half to be a little bit empty, and they really didn't like the fact there really wasn't a villain except for the bear. Like there wasn't really like a villain you could point to and be like, this person's bad. Um, you know, like they hinted at the doctor, but not really. Like, and I, and I can agree with that point. But then they go on to say this movie should have been pushed back, you know, to 20 Infinity. Um, it just never came out. Which, I mean, I, I don't agree with because, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. But, I mean, for 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 that being a review, like, those, those are, at least you pointed to stuff you didn't like in the movie. I can understand that. I get, you know, that, that's fine. You just didn't like the movie. That's fine. But you're literally dropping a, you're literally dropping a, like a 1 out of 10 going plot holes. And, and that's your review like I, I can't take you seriously like one out of ten really Hollywood the most remarkable thing about this film is that they managed to make Maisie Williams not charming on any level I didn't think that was possible I'm sorry reread that last part I'm reading another review the most remarkable thing about this film is that it managed to make Maisie Williams not charming on any level I didn't think that was possible one out of ten see I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel that way I mean, I feel like at the beginning, I feel I definitely feel in the beginning she was stiff. Like the role was very stiff, but that was kind of the character. But she was. Yeah. I think everybody but played it their felt, character. I guess. Well, I, I I guess I, I can say this. I feel at the beginning, up until, up until the bell tower scene, I think um, Maisie Williams did come off as stiff. But it looked, it didn't look like she was like the character was stiff. Like Maisie Williams was playing a character that was stiff. If that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> like, like, so I I understand that part, but I mean that was like maybe thirty minutes in the movie. Like after that, she was fine. Okay, I'm gonna read a good <laughs> review. 
Oh, I love you. This is a great review. Oh, okay. One second. One out of ten. Eh. Whoever made this movie is a dumb idiot that makes bad movies. I hate magic. Okay. That's the review. Well, all right. We're going to end on this review because I want to end on the reviews on a good note. This person gave seven out of ten. Uh, finally, after three years, I saw it, and I must say I really enjoyed it. The movie starts off quite well. However, it definitely falls flat a bit at the end. Uh, but it's entertaining and worth watching. It has a decent length, and it's well-made, and it has a good plot. As for the concept of horror, meh. It's not really horror. It has a little bit of horror, but nothing spectacular, and I wouldn't put it under the category of horror. I loved all the characters, especially the character of Magic. Uh, It's a shame that we won't see these characters and their stories anymore since it's since it is the closing chapter of the X-Men saga with Fox, probably all of the day, uh, all of the delays that occurred with the movie affected it in one way or another, especially because most of the people will expect too much and be disappointed, but give it a chance and enjoy it for what it is. At least it's way better than X-Men dark Phoenix. So that's a solid review. I like, I like that review. And she gave and it a 7 true. out of 10. X-Men Dark Phoenix was some cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't great. I was highly cheeks. disappointed with X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, I feel like every time they've adapted the Phoenix story, they failed. Yeah. And I don't know why. Don't like, know. it's not that hard. Honestly, the, the comic is well did, received. The, co- the cartoon did it the best. They did, and that's sad. That was I in, know. like, that was like the, the that was mid-90s? The 90s. Yeah, it was the 90s. I just want my Australian Wolverine back. <laughs> so, with From this being said, we're, we're we're reaching a two hour mark here. Uh, so you gave it a uh, you know seven point three, seven point five, and would recommend. Yep. Rob, what would you rate this movie, and would you recommend it? I would give it an eight, and yes. Okay, I'm probably giving it right around an eight as well with Rob. Um, I did not think it was spectacular, but. To me, it checked off all of the boxes for a decent movie, uh, along with uh, rewatchability. Um, again, I've watched this movie twice in the in the last two days, and if I had to sit down because somebody else didn't haven't hadn't seen it yet, and they wanted mm-hmm. to tomorrow, I would probably be okay with watching it again. Um, it is an entertaining movie in in my aspect, in, in my opinion, and it, it does check off all those boxes. So I do recommend. Uh, with that being said, we do need uh, so, uh, getting real with Rob. What do you got, Rob? What kind of science? What kind of science mumbo jumbo you got for us today? Black holes, solar eclipses, uh, solar flares. Uh, I mean, one of the characters in this movie had solar powers. Do you have anything solar for us? Yes, actually. Do you uh, think it'd ever be possible for gene splicing to create werewolves? No. Okay. I mean, you, could, you might be able to create, like, uh, her half wolf, half human, but that would be part, like, there'd be no way to shift back and forth. Okay. Uh, but yeah, her her hybrid form might be possible, maybe someday. Not now. But. All right. Uh, solar flares bad. They were actually approaching a high activity 
because the sun goes through cycles and we're currently approaching a high activity cycle for the sun where it's going to be more solar flares and stuff. Uh, but it's natural, but it, it kind of sucks because it can knock out satellites and stuff like that. It's not too big of a danger as long as the Earth's magnetic field isn't weakened because uh, it the basically the it works to protect us from stuff like that. It, the flares hit the magnetic field and they're drawn into the core so they don't really affect us. If we uh, only things that are above the magnetic field, like satellites and the ISS, would be in danger from it. So, no need to worry. Although it could knock out your like satellite TV or the GPS on your car. So, but that's all. Uh, I don't really read anything science too sciency. I did read this something, but I don't. I can't remember what it was. I did prepare for this, but then I totally forgot because I've been looking up the. I actually put a, a thing in the chat about the uh, why it was rated what it's rated, and why, well, why people said it shouldn't have been rated PG-13. Because uh, I, I was looking for that. So, Yeah, you're so, putting all this stuff in the dumbass chat, I, which is where I don't look. Oh, I didn't realize I was still in dumbass chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, so if you guys want to look at that later, that's that's it. Alright. <clears throat> yeah. Alright, and with that, we'll go to Devin, do we have any life advice with Devin? Uh, yep. Um, a Y shirt once told me to always lawyer up, delete Facebook, and hit the gym. There you go. All right. Um, I will go with. I have something. Um. For those of you who have seen X uh, or the New Mutants movie. This will make some sense for those of you who have not go watch the movie and then it'll make more sense. But mine is feed the right bear. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very that's, important. That's all. Also, I love where Devin's getting his life advice. <laughs> where? Oh, shirts. He, he also, yeah, he posted it in the, the, the chat too. <laughs> Oh, you're getting it from washing instructions <laughs> on, on clothing? <laughs> well, all right. Fair enough. I said a white shirt once told me. Um, all right. Well, with that being said. Also, if you want less general life uh, or more general <laughs> life advice, besides a shirt, um, never put your hand where you wouldn't put your willy. There we go. Okay. I mean, you're fair. All right. <laughs> um. All right, well, with that being said, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X. And on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X someday in the future again. When I have a dream. <laughs> okay. Devin, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie and on Twitch at Mr. D3. And as always, you can find me on eBay at 100% Unicorn Feather. Okay. <laughs> um. And you guys can always find me on Twitter at Jacks Forest Walker, all one word. On Twitch at DM Webby, uh, which you will also be able to find us on uh, Twitch.tv slash Distractions Media on December fifth. So that's what two weeks away ish. Yeah. Um, where we will be doing our twenty four hour live stream charity event, raising money for Extra Life. Uh, starting December 5th, Saturday at noon Eastern time. Uh, 
all of us are just going to be hanging out at Distractions Media. We're going to be streaming a bunch of various different types of games. Uh, some of the games, you know, who have, you know, more people signed up than the game could hold access are going to be streaming other games. So there's going to be things going on on all sorts of different channels uh, throughout that 24-hour period of time. We yep. will also be doing a live SU so you will be getting one for that week, but you'll also be getting a live SU uh, for the following week where we will once again be doing the hot sauce challenge. This year is going to be a little bit different. What week uh, is that again? The hot sauce challenge. Well, we, what week is the stream this week? The 5th and 6th. Yeah, okay. yeah, the, yeah, the stream is going to be the 5th and the 6th. We have to next, got it. We have to next. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be doing the hot sauce challenge. That'll be a little bit different th this year than it has been in previous years. We actually have like a game to go off of. Um, but we already have our hot sauces and ready to go. I have not tested mine. Mine are still in the box. It came in a pretty fancy box. I did test mine. Oh, I have not. I wanted to wait. And I just did do test them mine on the, on the thing. So I did test mine. Only reason why I did test mine is because uh, I've been sick and I was trying to open up my nasal. Oh, fair enough. I mean, hot sauce will do that. It did. It did. I can um, say for certain the first two, actually really fucking delicious. Number three, uh, I'm, not bad. I'm not going to lie. I'm curious about this blueberry ghost pepper. Not, number three is not bad. I'll tell you this. Number three is not bad, which is not the blueberry. It's the, it's the, that's the one. It tastes like, the number three tastes like spicy, like a spicy tomato soup. Yeah. Um, okay. Number four, which is the blueberry, the blueberry ghost one, ghost is pepper. the problem because I haven't taken enough of it to really get the pungent of the blueberry so all that's I'm coming kind through of is the ghost pepper to. yeah well no just i'm just not getting a lot of flavor it's just like as soon as i put it in my mouth it's like gone i think what and i'm gonna do is uh for the stream on the fifth i'm gonna order before the stream starts i'm gonna order some chicken tenders from the 99 probably because they have phenomenal chicken tenders. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, and then I'm just going to bring them home, just normal ass chicken tenders. And then I'm going to bring them home and put little dabs as we need to on the chicken tenders. Uh, yep. That's probably what I'm going to do too. Something very similar to that. Um, also too, are you doing a fifth hot sauce or no? I wasn't planning on it. Cause I, okay, I, I feel like you. we only have like, I, I think we have the four categories. Yep. Um, that's fine. I was just curious. So I knew what I was doing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you can find us that and, uh, come hang out with us. We'll be there for 24. I, I, at least I know us three, hopefully we'll be there all 24 hours. Um, uh, not necessarily all on the same call. Cause I know Rob has what space is this scheduled and I'm going to be playing something different. I am not doing I'll that. i playing with whatever he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> so we will also be separating to play players unknown battleground while they're playing uno because uno is only four players yes so we're going to separate from the rest of the stream but we will still be streaming our own yes uh so with that being said again you guys can follow me at jacks forest walker all one word at twitch at dm webby uh and on ebay at uh plucking devon's unicorn feathers for money oh Sorry, it's they're they're really expensive. Uh, we love you guys yeah. and be safe and fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. So when you're gonna watch that ratings thing, let me know. So I'll watch it with you. I can't hear you over the outro music, Rob. Yet. But yes.
videos. I think something about watching something. Yes. I'll watch whatever you want me to watch. Bam!